Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I hope that you're doing well because I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you so very much. Thank you. This is the MFR Podcast number seven. Do you like how I put my fingers up so that you can also count along at home? That's the type of content I'm trying to provide for you. Interactive. You, you don't have to just sit here and watch. You can also count. Bing, bing, bing. It is seven. He did hold up seven fingers. Crazy. How's it going, everybody? Thank you for joining me. Thanks for tuning in to the Amifer Podcast. I hope you've had a wonderful week since we last spoke. Uh, I am here. Do my little show. Do my little hour pre-recorded podcast. It's midnight in Austin, Texas on Tuesday night. Uh, and I uh, just got home. Just ready to talk about some fun stories and have a good time with you. Luke's not here at the moment, but he'll be back. He'll be back. You know good old Lukey. Good old Lukey. The flea situation seems to have cleared up. I don't want to speak too soon, but I haven't noticed them in my bed while I sleep, which is huge. Uh, he doesn't seem to be scratching or doing that flicker thing that he does when he has the fleas. So that's all really good. Uh, yeah, it seems like we're through the worst of it, which is goddamn tremendous because... Dealing with these things was a nightmare. A nightmare. I don't really think anything actually worked, worked. I think a combination of all the different strategies, the oral medication, plus the topical, plus the, the, the neck thing, what's it called? The flea collar. And using this, like, basically poison that I just have just doused my entire home in. I've just blanketed every part of my home in this, in this bug-killing poison. My bed... The laundry, the carpet, the couches, I mean everything. Anything where these sons of bitches may be living, I made sure to douse it in poison. And it seems to have worked for now, thank God. It was unbearable. I know I've talked about this many times on the podcast, more more than I haven't, and it, it's 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 I bring it up because it's crazy. I mean it's like you 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 are powerless over this like parasitic wave and it's nothing you can do it drives me crazy like it's it literally was driving me crazy like i couldn't sleep right and i, I feel itchy because i know they're on me and you try to ignore it and you can't and like, what, what are you gonna do i want to go stay in a hotel they're like literally the only option i don't i i didn't have another solution other than to go to war with these little sons of bitches and and go to war i did and for at least the time being it appears i've won at least I won this battle. I don't know. But I'm going to keep up the the vigilance. Not the vigilante Williamson. I'm going to keep up the vigilance on these little monsters. Because, boy, they were not fun. Didn't love them. Did, did not love them. But I think we're through the worst of it. Thank God. Thank God. So we can all rest easy. I can sleep. Which is good stuff. Which is very good stuff. Very good stuff. Well, I hope you've had a wonderful week. I had an interesting week. Uh, it was 4th of July the other day, yesterday. I didn't do much. Um, got a friend, got a call from some friends back in L.A. That was really nice, you know. Nice to reconnect with old buddies and kind of, you know, remember what was and who your friends are and all this type of stuff. That was really cool. That was really sweet. And then I started playing that new game, V Rising, because one of my buddies who was on that phone call has been recommending it to me. I don't know if it's for me. I started playing it. It's a bit of a survival game where there's castle building. Um, and then uh, you're a vampire who, I don't know, kills things. I, I'm not really, I haven't got my head wrapped around it yet. But it's, you know, for now, it's fine. It's an interesting pursuit. And it was only like 15 bucks or 16 bucks or something like that. So. If that's all I spend on a game that I don't like, what's the worst thing that happens? What's the worst thing that happens? So that's all I did on my 4th of July. And the rest of the weekend I worked. <clears throat> and the last time you saw me, if you didn't watch the game stream last night, uh, was on the MF for Cocktail Lounge. Got a little weird. Got a little weird. And I honestly, genuinely was not going to address it. I wasn't going to talk about it. Until... I was uh, uh, putting on my wardrobe for this stream, right? Um, I, I just, I have a drawer full of nerdy reference t-shirts that I wear for the streams, put on some sweatpants, and then fire up the camera. 
That's the long and short of it. Uh, and in this instance, I, the first shirt I pulled up was the K-Billy Super Sounds of the 70s t-shirt, which is a deep cut reference to the movie Reservoir Dogs. And as I picked up that shirt, I realized, okay, I'm going to talk about it just a little, just a little, because I don't really care all that much. It's not something I want to spend a lot of energy on. But for those of you who don't know, on the Emma for Cocktail Lounge the other night, uh, Captain Deckard Spock, who has since changed his name, uh, came on the Cocktail Lounge towards the end of the night, and we were uh, – he, he was teasing something in the chat. And I've seen Deckard Spock in my chat for a very long time. And I, up until this encounter, I've never had any kind of an issue with the man, ever. Hello, Luke. Hello, bunny. Good to see your fuzzy face. Look how fuzzy you are. You're such a fuzzy boy. I was, uh, I was happy to have the support. And um, he's an interesting guy, I guess. He, he – I don't know. Like I, I always kind of had higher hopes when he would come on the cocktail lounge. I'm not saying I didn't like him or I didn't want him there. I invited him back I think two or three times, right? Um, I just – the – the way he types about his conversations, I'm like, oh, this will be good. They just don't really – they're not as meaty as I would have expected or would have hoped, really, is what it came down to. And uh, so the other night, he's in the chat, and he's talking about the Reservoir Dogs, I guess, what, 40th anniversary, 30th, 30th, 92? Yeah, 30th anniversary. Um <clears throat> And he had like a debate, some like nuanced question, and he put it as like a clickbait title. And I was like, all right, bring him on. Sure. It was getting late. You know, we'd already gone at that point, I think, four plus hours, you know, and then the fourth hour, whatever. You know, we're talking about who cares? Anything we want. What's the difference? Uh, we already did the show, you know. Um, so he came on and he was talking about some little nuance uh, in that movie, which was interesting um, I, I mean, vaguely, I, I like debating nuance and sort of like little tucked away details and things. I think that's fun, like in properties or whatever. This one in particular, I didn't really care about. And it surrounded the commode story, which is a story given to uh, what's his name? Mr. Blonde. So Mr. Blonde. Anyway, Tim Roth's character. I can't remember exactly which character he played. Um, no, Mr. Blonde was uh, what was his name? Mr. Green? Mr. Anyway, Tim Roth, the undercover cop. Uh, he It's given to him. And uh, he is given by this cop on the force who basically it's this story that's meant to uh, ingratiate himself to the criminal underworld. It's a kind of a, an amusing anecdote. You know, something that fucking happened to you while you're on a job, man. And uh, basically the story, the idea behind the story is that it will, uh, you know, help the other criminals make him feel like a criminal as well. It's undercover cop work, right? So you just have to keep saying it, saying it, and saying it, and saying it. And uh, Captain Deckard Spock's whole point was that this story had happened to someone in the universe of this movie. And I said, well, that's possible, I suppose, but there's no evidence in the movie that suggests it had happened to anyone. And he kept saying that some character or some line of dialogue says that they got it from a junkie in exchange for time or whatever. Now, that may have been something that he had heard about the movie, something Tarantino maybe said off interview. Maybe it's even from a deleted scene. But it's 100% not in the movie of Reservoir Dogs. And that's a movie I've seen. I saw first when I was 12. And I watch regularly. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Hence the t-shirt. Right? I love Tarantino. And I love that movie. And I know that movie really, really well. And so he didn't believe me. Well, he pay, played the clip. There's nothing in the clip that suggests that... Uh, that line of dialogue exists that he claims exists. And I said, okay, your move, essentially. Uh, and he, well, didn't make a move and then just kept telling me I was wrong and was being pretty abrasive about it. And uh, I didn't really care. <laughs> thought it was more funny than anything. It was like, okay, you keep bringing up this point, but you don't have any evidence to back it up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think discussion over until you can prove otherwise. 
Uh, and uh, I, I, you know, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Wake down. Uh, my producer said, uh, kind of went after him a little bit, a little aggressively, and saying, you know, said it was a troll. Uh, and uh, you know, it was a little, it was a little uncomfortable. But by the end, I kind of felt like we had just sort of gotten the worst out of the way. Wasn't great. Maybe we just wrap it up for today, and we'll, you know, revisit this some other time. I've talked to him about time travel in the past. You know, there's that movie Primer uh, that. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk to him about. So it wasn't like I didn't like the guy. There were some things he did I didn't like. I didn't like how he kept uh, presuming how I would react uh, to certain things. Like, for instance, he presumed that had he come up with the evidence, then I would have blown that off. And I'm like, I don't know where you get that from. That's not not how I debate. I try to actually – I'm sort of, like, meticulous in my stances and my things, like what I say. When it, when it comes to arguments and discussions, I like to be held accountable. Like it's like a court of law almost, you know. I really do care about those things. So I would not do that. And I don't think there's any evidence of me having done that in the past. But it really irked me that he kept saying it as if it was that's just my M.O. is to be petty and uh, insincere. And I was like, I really don't think that that's what I do, dude. I think I actually value authenticity to a fault. You know, it's like it's been one of the biggest problems in my personal life is just being too honest, too forthright all the time. You know, people don't always like that. <laughs> you know, it works on YouTube. It doesn't work at work, you know. Um, but so what? Those things bug me, but I didn't care. I really would not have even thought about it again after the show ended. And I mean that. I didn't care. I don't care about disagreements. I love conflict. I love disagreements. I think that's where you get some really juicy and interesting conversation. Like, who wants to hear people just agree? Boo. I like disagreements. It's it's interesting. It's meaty. There's something there. Well, after the show, I guess he went live. Not a guess. I know he went live because I got the link sent to me from several people. And the title was Matt from Foulball Productions is a soy bitch. Something to that effect. Now, I may be a soy bitch, but I wasn't wrong about reservoir dogs. Now, I mean that, you know, what a ridiculous thing this. I'm soy Really? Is that your, that's not even your problem with me is my politics or my stances on things. What does that have to do with anything? I, I, I really don't even know why he got so upset. So it's like, whatever. He's bitching. He's blowing off stream. This blowing off steam. There's like three people watching. I don't fucking care. Who cares? I don't even care if there's a thousand people watching. What's the difference? I, I mean, I know who I am and what I said. If you want to come talk to me, come talk to me. I know who I am. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I can stand up for myself. You know, something I enjoy doing, actually. Uh, so he did that with some guy. And there was like and the guy on the stream, like I didn't watch much of it. I would just pop in because I was like sickly curious, you know, had like a uh, like a like a what's that word? Like a um, morbid fascination with it. I was just like, what's this guy saying? Like and there was a t there was a, a moment where I was like tempted to say something nasty in the chat. And I was like, no, don't, what are you doing? Just let it go. Don't do this. But the one thing the guy said that was just like, oh, you call it the cocktail lounge. Oh, dude, margarita's cool. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with calling it the cocktail lounge? Do you not like Critical Drinker's entire channel? The Critical Drinker? Is it like, oh, he drinks. That's not cool. Guy's got like over a million subs. I think some people think it's fine. He's got a stream called open bar something wrong with that shut up idiot i mean whatever i don't know that guy he's probably just trying to defend his friend but that was a ridiculous thing to go after me for it's like oh he says it's about drinking yeah i did <laughs> so fucking what so whatever even that is not a big deal thing is he keeps going after that stream ends he started a new one because I got messaged that one. He started another stream. And then another stream. And apparently, he's declaring war on my channel. Whatever the fuck that means. What are you going to do? Downvote my videos? Okay. Have fun, man. Go crazy. Go nuts. Uh, and he was, mess he was putting comments on my videos, which I didn't delete. You can still see them. They're up. I just said, you know, get a hold of yourself or whatever. It wasn't even really nasty to him. I really wasn't. And uh, he said uh, something. You know, he said some video, uh, you know, uh, that I, I'm an idiot and I don't know anything about film. And I said, an idiot I may be, sir, but I know about film. You know, it's just 
having fun with it. I really didn't take it any seriously. But then he kept going. And I guess Rock Fan told me that he woke up in the morning with a, like a tirade of messages and then he blocks him, which like Rock Fan didn't even respond to any of that. And then Deckard Spock messages me, hey, I had to stop being friends with Rock Fan because of you. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like none of this is, ha- this is all happening inside of your crazy head. Uh, no one's doing anything to you. No, no one did anything to you. You, you were, you were invited on a stream. Uh, you insulted the host. You insulted the producer. You were unreasonable in your argument, and and you know, you were that. That's what happened. And then no one even did anything. No one held anything against you. It wasn't like I sent the chat over to you to insult you. No one did anything. Not, I don't think anyone would. But even if even it's not like I asked it, whether they would or wouldn't. So. What's your fucking problem, man? Like, and it's been stream after stream after stream. He even changed his name to Captain Fairball Spock or something. Like, it's like he's got this whole vendetta. (laughs) Like, bro, go on a hike. (laughs) Like, get your mind right, man. You are cooked. You are cooked for absolutely no reason. No one's out to get you. Maybe, you know, one of your personalities is, but... I'm not. Wake Down isn't. None of the people who watch this channel are either. This is all happening inside the torrent, the brain of you. No one is doing anything to you. And I don't care. I'm not going to fight you. Uh, you know, I don't mean physically. I mean, I'm not going to debate you online about any of this. I don't, you, you, I don't care. It means nothing to me. I, I, I hope at best it's just clickbait like he's just trying to stir up controversy to get views on his channel i hope that's what he's doing i really hope it's not anything real because jesus man guy's a bit deranged a bit deranged and all his ranting and rambling i haven't heard anyone indicate to me that you've proved your point why don't you just be a fucking man and concede the point dude we can all move on, including you, you nut job. God, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's pretty much all I got to say about it. I'm not going to bring it up again. I don't care. I don't. I just felt, let's just clear the air on where I'm, where I'm at, how I feel about the whole situation, and then we'll just move on. If he wants to declare war on me, okay, buddy, knock yourself out. I don't care. Do whatever you want. It means nothing to me. Go go Go, go crazy. What would it like declare war on me? Man, come on. Grow up. You've got sci-fi timelines to bitch about, okay? Make some content someone actually cares about. I'm not even big enough to target. Why would you even waste your time? No one's gonna care. My videos get like 50 views and upload. It's not a big deal. This guy just fucking all riled up over. Little old me. I don't know. I don't know. So I just figured I'd address it. I would just get that clear the air on how I feel about it and what the hell happened. And that's that because whatever. God damn it. Like like Rock Fan said on the stream, it's like this is for fun. I don't want to get into like fights, petty drama. It's like high school shit. It's like the shit that I was dealing with at work with like the girls – you know, like talking shit about me to the other girls. Oh, you shouldn't date him because we don't like his stance on something. I disagree. Like, it's just like, ugh, Good, gross. I don't, I didn't like that in my personal life. I don't like it in my YouTube life. Just move on, man. Just go make some content. You're not going to ever hear from me again. You don't have to. It's really easy. You could just unsubscribe from me. It's not like I'm Joe Rogan. Like, I'm going to be trending on Twitter. <laughs> You can just never, ever think about me ever again. It'll be really easy. It's not hard at all. But I don't know. He's obsessed. And when I opened up YouTube just a minute ago, I think he was streaming. I don't know if it was about me, but that's when I saw, like, it said, like, uh, oh, he changed his name. I just opened it. But it said Fairball Productions. So I don't know. I was disappointed to see some people that I knew in his chat. Not that I uh, – you can go wherever you want. I'm not blaming you. I'm not pointing a finger. I'm just noting. I was like, oh, you're there. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. You are a, a completely autonomous human being, and you can do whatever you like, uh, the chat. So that's that. That's 
it, and hopefully that'll be the last time I ever have to address it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Moving right along. So I was, uh, I've been, I've been trying to embrace some semblance of open-mindedness when it comes to new content, right? Sension Dildo has been a part of this channel for a while, uh, in the sense that he's in the chat haranguing me often. Um, since the Expanse streams, I don't remember exactly when he joined, but it's been, it's been over a year. It's been over a year. It's been a while. Uh, and he's been around, and he's always around, and he's a very loyal dude, you know, despite his sarcasm. He's always hanging. He's always uh, talking. But uh, he would kind of get on me and Vidge when we would just black pill for content, right? And he's not the only one. There's other people who, like, it's just it, – it does get exhausting to hang on to this, you know, belief that it's all dead and it's all over. Because, I mean, the truth is, like, the whole reason anyone is in the fandom, for the most part, unless you're, like, truly a grifter. But I don't believe most of the people who – talk about this are i think most of them are fans and they hate all the propaganda myself included i mean that's the career i wanted was in entertainment and uh it, you know I, I didn't i didn't sign up to make feminist propaganda that wasn't why i trained as an actor for all those years and studied all these films and wrote scripts and made work and movies no it wasn't why i did it i wanted to make great things and that were compelling stories that's why i started um, but, you know, the truth is the truth that a lot of it is propaganda. Most of it's propaganda. But I did I have been trying to keep an open mind to watching new things and trying new shows and being objective and just, you know, not being too sensitive, genuinely seeing what's out there. Well, I did that with the show Severance, which I enjoyed. That show from sucks, though. I, I think I got four episodes in that. That show sucks. The writing is garbage. The con the concept is really interesting, and the dialogue is trash, trash. No one talks like that, and they they hang up on these things where it's like, all right, already, move on. I I haven't even been in this world long enough to care about the interpersonal drama. This is the type of stuff you do in season four to drag it out, not season one. Let's get to the plot. Why are there vampires here? Let's go. And they're just dragging it out with nonsense. Like I had a, a passing interest for a while and it just became too painful. Well, I decided because I'm a patriot and I'm an American and I love this country uh, to watch The Terminal List, which I got to say, overall, really enjoyed. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Because it starts off as a really interesting mystery like where this guy this navy seal is on this action this happens in like the first 15 minutes of the first episode so i'm not spoiling much uh all of his basically his entire team is wiped out except for him and you don't know why and then he starts looking into it and it seems like it might be a conspiracy or he might be suffering from severe PTSD and he doesn't actually know what's going on. So he's an unreliable narrator. Until about episode three where they confirm something and then it becomes, so he's no longer unreliable. This is the story. So then it kind of becomes this revenge show for a while uh, and then wraps up, you know, at the end, pretty tidily, which, I mean, look, it was good. I just think they abandoned the unreliable narrator mechanic too early where I think it would have been interesting to play on for the rest of the show, whether he was right or wrong. Like, that would have been way more compelling. But they abandoned it, I thought, too early, uh, which, you know, then it just became kind of a standard revenge story, which is interesting. I mean, look, I still thought it was good. I'm working on a video concept around it that I, I think is, is pretty spot on. Um, so I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the show. I genuinely, genuinely did. And I'm happy I watched it. Well, it turns out not everyone else loved it. Not everyone in the world thought The Terminal List was such a great show. Uh, and I guess chief among them would be The Daily Beast. Now, we've all known The Daily Beast to be a very balanced, uh, open-minded uh, outlet for, uh, you know, Thought, opinion, perspective, that's what I've always thought The Daily Beast to be. Not a boring, one-note, left-wing SJW outlet that has nothing other to say than exactly what you think they would say. So I was shocked when I came across this article that my producer, The Wake Down, thank you very much, sent my way. 
Uh, and the Daily Beast, this is from Bounding Into Comics, uh, the Daily Beast freaks out over the Terminalist, calls it an unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy. This is such a hot take from the Daily Beast. Who could have imagined that they would vilify a story about a man uh, avenging his family uh, using military skills uh, would be bad? I, I, I did not imagine that anyone in that sphere would have this take. I mean, what would be their problem with Chris Pratt? It's just... When people just play their part, it's so boring. It's just so bo- It's like white noise. Oh, the Daily Beast doesn't like the Chris Pratt show? Okay. So what? <laughs> like, so what? Uh, also, Ben Shapiro thinks the uh, Roe v. Wade thing is good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's so boring. Like, I I want, I need individual takes where people just go down the line about what they're supposed to say. It's like, all right, I already knew you thought that. Why are you even telling me? Why wouldn't you just title the article, I think exactly what you think I think? (laughs) And I can be like, all right, and move on. The Daily Beast freaks out. Okay, so Chris Pratt stars in The Terminal List, which is streaming now on Amazon Prime Video. And like I said, a good show, recommended. And The Daily Beast is freaking out about the military military thriller's politically incorrect plot. What's politically incorrect about it? It goes after the American government, all right? And pharmaceutical companies. Wait a minute. Is that the problem? Now we like pharmaceutical companies. Three years ago, they were the devil, and then suddenly magical China virus appears, and trust the science is the uh, left wing's battle cry. You're right. No reason to uh, question anything you say, ever. Dopes. Politically incorrect plot and villains going so far as to call it an unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy. What are you talking about? How is it an unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy? Wouldn't, like, an unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy, like, put AOC in the center of this thing? Or, like, you know, like, some group, like, I I can't even come up with the idea because it would be so boring, so who cares? But this is not that. This is so not that. The streaming series is based on Navy veteran Jack Carr's novel of the same name, Navy... He's a Navy SEAL, I think, right? As I noted a few weeks ago, if the series series stays true to the novel, then certain people might not be happy about it. Based on the early reviews of it, it looks like the series may have indeed remained fit relative. So you didn't watch the show? Why don't you just watch the show before you wrote this article, dude? <laughs> it's like, I mean, they probably remained faithful. It's like it's 10 episodes. You, could, you can do it. Um, faithful to the book. The best example of this so far is a June 29th review from the Daily Beast that proclaimed, all right, all right, I get it. Make the point. Whenever should I just read their article? You know what? I do love, I do love uh, bounding. But you know what? Bounding, we're going over to the Daily Beast for this one. We're going to the source, right to the source to hear the truth, to hear how it's an unhinged right wing. How boring. Do you think they even believe any of this shit? Like, do you think they honestly even believe what they're writing? I I don't even think they do. I think they just have to say this, Nick. Shazer, entertainment critic. I'll just quickly look over at Nick Shazer's uh, takes. What has he not liked in the... He didn't like Thor. Um, oh, Louis C.K.'s movie's terrible. Okay. Interesting. He did oddly enjoy the Beavis and Butthead movie. That's hmm, unexpected. Well, there's not too many examples from his past work over the past month to accurately uh, characterize this man and his takes. So let's just explore this article completely without bias. Let's just take it at face value. The new Amazon series features Pratt as a PTSD-suffering Navy SEAL out to violently avenge the murder of his family and expose an elaborate government conspiracy. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, I don't, you know, so far I don't 
All right. The terminal list features Chris Pratt going vengefully homicidal due in part to his serious mental condition, Amazon's latest, which follows in the tradition of Jack Ryan and Jack Reacher, I would agree, by delivering gung-ho macho action drama tailor-made for 40-something Call of Duty players. How many 40-something Call of Duty players do you think there really are? I'm 37. And so someone like eight years older than me, born in the 70s, plays Call of Duty? Dude, I don't think there's that many. I really don't. I, I don't play much Call of Duty. But I play a lot of Counter-Strike. Not a lot of people pushing 50 in those lobbies, okay? I don't know what you're talking about. Still, if this adaptation of Jack Carr's novel mostly fits itself into a particular dad entertainment streaming niche, as if that's a bad thing, it's a market, so what? It also, to a large extent, comes off as a wet dream for militia-minded anti-establishment kooks. The right wing or the anti-establishment? I don't even know this guy's take. This hurts my brain. Replete. Ooh, look at you. You went to college. With a Pratt performance as a Navy SEAL who responds to injustice by murdering the guilty with extreme prejudice. Well, his wife and daughter were murdered at gunpoint. He's a little pissed. Given a suggestion that slaughtering your powers to your powers that be enemies for a righteous revenge cause is totally okay and very cool. The morality of showrunner David DeGilio, De, De, De an executive producer, Antoine Fuqua, eight-part series, is, let's say, lacking. There's some serious danger to the terminal list, courtesy of its excessive take on military conspiracy genre and its headliners turn as an impaired warrior. Okay, what's your fucking point, buddy? It's just his words, man. Just get to the point. There's none of that here, and yet the single-mindedness of his character and the material is so fanatical that it often tips over, sporadically warping an otherwise straightforward payback narrative into something dark and disturbing. All right, dude, I think this is clickbait. I don't, I don't, there's, he's not even making a point. This is just boring. I don't care. Well, non-story, non-story, Nick Schrenger, 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 Schrenger. All right, I'm just going to... I'll be right back. Obviously, there won't be any break for you. I'm just going to read this stupid article, and then I'll see if there's anything worth reporting on. So I don't have to bore you with its dictation. Oh, well, here's something douchey. Set primarily in Coronado, California, but pandering to male red state viewers with routine references to beer, guns, country music, and hunting. Listen, pal. These people actually exist. There are great swaths of America that actually do like those things. It's not pandering. It's depicting. Just because they exist on screen in some way in a Hollywood entertainment picture, it's not, it's not a bad thing inherently. They're, those are real people in America who like those things. They do enjoy them. It's not pandering. It's a depiction. You're a douche. You are an elitist Coastal city douchebag. I don't enjoy people like you's company. You are up your own ass to an extreme degree. <laughs> this fucking guy. This is a spoiler, but it happens in the first episode. He then goes on to then he, he then goes home to find his wife Lauren uh, and daughter assassinated in the kitchen. But he puts this little parentheses Riley Keough in a painfully thankless role. What is she supposed to do? She's in the show for one episode and exists to be the thing he avenges. What what are they supposed to do? Like she's she's throughout the show in flashbacks. How is that painfully thankless? You're just grasping at straws trying to criticize this thing because you know people on the right, ooh, the evil right who just have slightly different thoughts than your own. Uh, might like it. So you're just going to find anything you can to criticize it. Did, uh, did someone put you up to this? What a boring take. What a boring article. Ugh. Once again, another college word. Hewing to a tired Tom Clancy-ish formula, the terminal list generally feels like a numerous, like numerous gen generic pop, pop boil. Ugh, God, I can't speak. Generally feels like numerous generic pot boilers targeted at men who dream of taking up furious arms against a system that preys upon both the innocent and the servicemen and women who risk their lives to protect it. Tired? The Tom Clancy-ish formula is tired. I would kill for more entertainment like that. What are you talking about? 
God. That's why Jack Ryan was so refreshing. It was like, oh, good. Just a military thriller with, like, no agenda. Just fun, like, you know, Hunt for the Red October style entertainment. I, look, we need more of that. We need more of this harmless entertainment that doesn't really point its finger at anybody, isn't trying to solve any of the world's problems, is literally just using that as a backdrop for an interesting story. We need more of that. It's tired. Maybe in the 80s. Not now, man. Not now. Everything is so boring and bland and predictable and ugly and empty and lame, man. No, you are flat out wrong on that. It's not tired. I wish it was tired. God, I wish I was bored with good stories. That would be amazing. And the scripts are a compendium of cliches, all military jargon and rah-rah platitudes. No, it isn't. I'll tell you right now, it's not. I watched the show. It's not rah-rah platitudes. There's, like, honor of the military in it, but they're not platitudes. Platitudes are, like, the boring things your aunt posts on Facebook. These are not platitudes. It's, it's called dialogue, dickhead. The cloak and dagger aspects of this adventure are pedestrian by any standard. Absolutely not. The choreography and the military precision that Chris Pratt spent the time to get correct is the opposite of pedestrian. It's some of the most excellently ex- excellently executed, not the best phrase ever, but the most well-executed military actions I've seen in a really long time. Just the way he operates those weapons is so professional, so expert it's inc- like just the way he, like there's one scene towards the end where he's holding the rifle and it's like he's got this weird kind of loose hand on it on the front i've never really seen that and it looks so off like it's like oh that must be how it really is because it's so odd looking and then he does this really elegant switch where he just like puts it up against it and then switches his hands and it's seamless he's so precise he's so on top of these actions it's absolutely not pedestrian pedestrian is when just like people just spray at a crowd and they you know hit everybody like that's pedestrian that's boring they shoot from the hip this is the opposite of that this is meticulous this is so well done in those aspects as wake down pointed out in the cocktail lounge the snaps the way he snaps his weapon up and down he looks the shit you're wrong once again you're just wrong it's not an opinion you're wrong I'm not gonna bore you by reading the sentence this guy wrote but he keeps trying to make it sound like the show is celebrating his relentless um uh what's it called like revenge and it doesn't actually there's there's many characters in the show that question it and you yourself as a viewer are watching it being like "Eh, is this the right thing to do it doesn't matter he thinks it's the right thing to do we're following his story the show actually makes you question it several times why uh, via constant woo constance woo the reporter who continues to question him kind of the whole way so no once again that's not what the show's doing dude like you you can have an opinion on whether you liked its execution but you're just flat out either lying or getting it wrong it doesn't do that it does not make it seem like he's 100 percent right throughout the show i watched it it doesn't do that and he goes on to contradict himself right here we know reese is correct about his suspicions and that his enemies are villains who deserve their fates well earlier in the article he very accurately describes the unreliable narrator mechanic that they're working with in the first act of the show. So no, we don't actually know that. We don't know that he's right until we do. But for a while, we don't. It's called a mystery. There's mysteries to solve and unravel. Yadingus. Uh, this guy's just trying to, he's, you know, he's grasping at straws. Like I said earlier, he's just trying to find something to say about it because he knows right-wing people are going to positively respond to it, which is a crime. We all know that. We can't have anything for anyone other than liberal elites. So boring. It's almost not worth giving this guy the time of day because he only wrote it because he doesn't like that right-wing people are going to like it. His criticisms aren't accurate. He's not saying anything that's like grounded in, in the truth of the show. He just wants to be like, duh, I don't like it. And you can not like it. It's totally fine. But you don't like it because you're attached to your politics more than what's entertainment value. And even maybe even I'll go one step further and say, you know, maybe he just genuinely didn't like it. But his critiques are not on. They're not spot on. He's just saying it to say it. Ugh. Yeah, it's like... Not even I, I saw some like YouTubers making videos about it. And they got to do what they got to do. But I mean, I'm mentioning it in this podcast, but I'm not going to make a standalone video on that douchebags article. Who cares? 
Boo. What a boring, boring man. Um, yeah, so that, I don't know. I liked the show. I thought it was worth checking out, and uh, I don't think this guy's critiques land at all. I will say the one critique I would have of the show would be there's all these um, private military contractors that kind of get caught up in the whole the fray. They're they're often like the um, like the faceless you know enemies that just get pop pop pop. I didn't that didn't sit well with me because I'm like, well, they're not they're just doing their job. Like, yeah, they're hiring bad guys, but like the bad guys sign their checks. It's not like they know they're evil. It's just like, hey, can you do private security for this billionaire? And they'd be like, yeah, it's a job I'll do. And then they kind of get wiped out like as if that's as morally just as wiping out the actual bad guy. That was the only part about it that I didn't like because he made the character makes painstaking um, moves to not take out like FBI people, like people that are like in the operating theater, if you will. Uh, he, he tries not to kill them, which I respected. I thought was like really cool. Like that shows depth of character. He cares about these people. He's on this mission to avenge people who are genuinely wronged, not people who think they're doing the right thing, uh, you know, trying to stop him. That's rad. I think that's super rad. But all those like the Talos guys, I don't really think they all deserve to die. So I would have liked if he, you know, shot them in the knees or stunned them or something like that, just so that he didn't uh, kill them. I didn't think they all deserved to die. That was the only thing about the show that I didn't like. That just sort of mm, sat a little poorly with me. When this douche doesn't even mention that, because he doesn't, he doesn't have a real critique. He's just like, ah, right when people are gonna like it. It's just the way they tried to correct correct uh like the punisher symbol because right-wing people like the punisher symbol it's like you guys are so lame imagine just being like just looking at like a group of people embracing something and then being like we need to change that because they like it like what what do you want you want all these people to just die (laughs) do you want like tens of millions of americans to just die because they don't see it your way like what do you what do you want them to do like your whole thing, your whole left-wing brilliant, oh, insight into the whole world is uh, open-mindedness and acceptance. It's like, yeah, unless they disagree with you, then you'd sooner see them roasted on fire. Like, stop telling everyone what to think and do. You do not have the right answers. I don't want to live like you. I'm happy I don't. You guys are awful. Yeesh. Oh, God. Gee whiz, I say. You know, we all just need to need to be a little bit nicer to one another. Just need to stop and smell the roses and pet your kitty. Pet your kitty, that's what Wendell says. Just give him a little pet, a little squish, and you'll be happier. Then you won't be such a liberal douchebag. You know, that's just my advice. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like clickbait, right? It's just people like... Once again, it's sort of what I said earlier, just doing what you expect them to do. It's like, oh, okay, cool. You don't like it. Great. And then you just do, like, you don't even have any meaty criticisms. Like, it would just be so nice if once in a while they broke form. You know? It's just like once in a while the Daily Wire, like, put out something about a Democrat that was like, oh, that's actually not that bad. Or, you know what? I still believe this, but here's why they have a point, and here's, like, a nuanced conversation. Like, that would just be refreshing. Not all the time. Not for everything you do. Just once in a while. But now people just, you know, they just... Rrr, rrr. All right. Oh, fuck both of you guys. You're so boring. So bland. So uninteresting. Um... <laughs> This is a weird story. This one, like, I was just like, what's happening? So uh, in Florida, crazy Florida, uh, Florida warns residents of giant African land snail that may cause meningitis in humans. And apparently it's gotten so bad they have to quarantine to get rid of these giant snails. Florida has worked to eradicate these snails in the past. This This is just such a weird story. I just wanted to talk about it. Uh, did you know that some snails called meningitis? Now, meningitis, I understand, is a spinal disease, which is bad. You don't want to get that. So there's these giant snails that they have to hide from. So weird. The Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, FDACS, is warning Pasco County to beware of giant African land snail that can carry a rare rat lungworm called 
whatever, which may cause meningitis in humans, according to the state's recent pest alert. The giant African land snail is one of the most invasive pests on the planet. Wow, and I thought I had problems with the fleas. Count my lucky stars, I don't have giant African land snails. Causing agricultural and environmental damage wherever it is found. After receiving a notice of a possible population of the snail in Newport, Ritchie, Pasco County on June 21st, uh, said a property sur- said a property survey confirmed the presence of a white form of the giant African land snail two days later. Giant African land snail, blah, blah, blah. Why, why is it in this bag? Why is it in this trash bag? Ugh, God. When I lived in California at my uncle's place, there were snails everywhere. Yeah. Snails are gross. I mean, whatever. Life forms are life forms, but it's just you know, there's something about them that's just kind of gross. And so I, I remember, like, when I first moved there, and I'd never seen snails all over the place. I would get kind of like every once in a while, I would like walk home and step on one, and be like, oh, like feel I'd feel terrible. You know, I killed it after like three months. I was like, crunch, 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 whatever. I don't care. They were just like ill. They're like pests. They're just they're gross. They're everywhere. And they would eat when I had a garden. They would like eat my. You know, my kale or, or my bok choy or whatever I was growing back there, they'd slime up, you know, my greens and then eat it. It's like, ah, get out of my food, you dirty, dirty snail. Go away. Yeah, I lost a lot. Of, I lost empathy real quick for those ugly things. The phenotype in Pasco County has a creamy white flesh. That's just, that phrase is unsettling. I don't, creamy white flesh just grosses me out. As opposed to the grayish brown flesh of the phenotype that was eradicated in the Miami era. A mollusk detector dog is actively surveying for the pest. That's crazy, dude. You have snails everywhere and they're going to give you fucking spinal diseases? That would be unfortunate, man. To die or be paralyzed from a snail. The department said on their website that they will treat properties with a specific snail bait. That is met... I don't know. Some poison-based molluscicide labeled by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency for residential use. Okay. doesn't really say that there's any... I don't think anyone's actually been victimized by it. just sounds like they're kind of all over. Oh, wait. The snail is popular in the pet trade in other countries. Okay. But it is a... but it is a federally prohibited organism that cannot be legally sold or possessed in the United States. Yet here they are, people breaking the laws. Breaking the laws is one of the most damaging snails in the world and consumes at least 500 different types of plants. Wow. I always wonder that about people, right? Oh. The snail can cause a disease, right? Long, long, long. A rat, an infected rat coughs up worms Oh, gross. Ew, that's so disgusting. An infected rat coughs up worms from the lungs into the throat where they are then swallowed by the rat. The worms are now in the rat's digestive system, eventually end up in the rat's poop. A snail gets infected by two ways, either accidentally eating the rat's poop or by a worm penetrating the snail's body. Ugh, God. The natural world is disgusting. Like, sometimes you look at the natural world and it's, like, beautiful. It's, like, this harmonious, you know, gorgeous circle of life, right? It's, like, there was this story in, I think it was Yellowstone, where I guess where there were no wolves, no wolves at all. And then they reintroduced, like, just a few wolves. And the the effect was so profound, it literally changed the topography of the land. Like, there was... Something to do with the river, and I forgot exactly how it happened. Like, there was, like, beavers came back or something, so they built a dam, and it changed the river. It was, like, a remarkable change. Like, that's how delicate the balance of life is. You take one animal out of the ecosystem, the entire thing changes, and often for the for the worse. But also, in that beautiful, harmonious, gorgeous ecosystem are all these disgusting parasites and worms and maggots and just like just this like if reincarnation's real that's what hell is you become one of those things because it's just like you live in shit you just eat shit as a being and you you have to consume the dead flesh of a rat ugh 
it's so wriggly and gross. I'm not afraid of bugs, you know, but when one gets on me, I'm like a little girl. Like, <laughs> I like freak out. <laughs> it's just, bleh. just get grossed out. Roaches don't like roaches. I find roaches in my house every once in a while. Not crazy about that. Don't like it. Just it's always the big ones too, because the big ones are like they're like scouts, right? And they come out of the woods or whatever, and they they want to find new territory, and they'll go back to the hive and let them know. So I'll find every once in a while it's some giant cockroach in my living room or something. <laughs> Oftentimes I'll also find parts of a cockroach because good old Lukey here got a part of him and just tore him to shreds. Gross. Bugs, insects, yucky, yucky. Not my favorite thing in the world. Really disgusting. Um, all right, one last story before I get out of here. One last story. This is from Vice. Once again, another completely unbiased and uh, open-minded source of news, which, you know, that's where I like to get my information from. Not from biases. Uh, this is, yeah, I saw this on, I think it was on Twitter and they, and they, they, they broke it. Like, can you believe this? Police department uses images of black men holding guns as target practice. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw that and I, I, so, okay, let me just read the article and then I'll tell you what I think about it. But Boy Scouts discover the targets, some of them pierced with bullet holes while touring a police department headquarters just outside of Detroit. A police department just outside of Detroit used hate when they repeat. I literally just read that and you're making me read it again. Ugh. The troops by the target, some of them, pe- oh my God, the whole, they just, you just wrote the same paragraph twice. In one photo from the tour, six white scouts, <gasps> white, are looking at the targets, the same image of a black man with a menacing look and pointing a gun while a black boy scout stands behind them. The uh, An unidentified person who attended the visit represented by attorney Diane Webster Cox first reported use of the images. Who, when those children were exposed to those images, to me, it was a potential detrimental effects on how they view black men and black people that was indescribable. Was it indescribable? Really? Indescribable. You might be being a tad melodramatic there. Just a little. It's literally profiling for the black man. You've got young police officers, and this is what they're being trained on. I saw. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I was just like, "Wait a minute!" So they have all these targets, and there's black. There's like only black men on them. Where's the diversity? There's no Asian women. What about Pakistani women? Okay, where's our female representation in our police targets? Okay, you patriarchal piece of shit. You only put men. Just men on these targets? You didn't use any women? <laughs> it's like, what are you saying? Honestly, what are you, what's your point? Black men don't hold guns and commit crimes? Is, are you trying to honestly make that point? Or should we never, ever, ever show that depiction ever? Why? Would you care if they were white? Every single time I turn on the TV and they show some home invader and like some Brinks security commercial, it's not a black guy. (laughs) It's literally never a black guy ever. It's always someone who looks like me. You're like, I mean, I'm sure that does happen. If we could look at the demographic statistics, do you think it would be 100% white men in their late 20s? I feel like probably not. Do you think in the Detroit Police Department, on occasion, they might have to deal with a black guy holding a gun? (laughs) Do you think that's come up before? Once in a while? Do you think some people who work at this police department had a partner of theirs killed by a black guy with a gun? And also, he's holding a gun. (laughs) It's not like he's holding a sandwich. It's not like he's holding a a, a bike tire pump. And they're just like, shoot that black bastard. It's like he's holding a gun. He's an assailant. He's a combatant with a gun. You should shoot him, no matter his color. He's pointing a gun at a cop. It's like, 
Okay, man. You know, it's if you if you genuinely don't want equality, if you do, just want to be coddled and treated like a child, you know, I guess we could all make adjustments. But would you just have the dignity and decency to ask for that? Because this is absurd. So what? I mean, I know they'll try to frame it like the Black Lives Matter thing, all these unarmed black guys getting killed and blah, 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 blah. It's a fucking narrative. There's as many unarmed white guys who get killed by cops as there ever have been black guys. It's not a racial thing. Black people and and cops clash clash with each other fairly frequently. Yeah, I'll agree with that. There's a there's something that needs to be addressed there. I'll agree with that. Is it because cops are racist? Uh, I would probably argue no. I'd say there's more going on there than simply cops are racist. It's like people who write these articles, they don't have any concern for the fact that there are people in these communities who actually want you to stop the crime. That aren't like thrilled that there's all these shootings and murders like all the time. Like, you claim to care about these people, but it really seems like you only care about criminals. Like, it's like you want to make excuses for them. What about the families of, like, a little girl who got killed with a stray bullet? Do you care about that? I, I don't I don't see the article, Vice. Like, I don't see you making the point. And so you find one police department in the entire country, one, in how many tens of thousands that uses black guys? Oh, gee whiz. So fucking what? I mean, I don't know where these pictures came from. I mean, it is weird. I don't even know why these kids are there. I mean, I guess it's like a, you know, uh, like a field trip thing. It's just odd that these kids are even on the gun range. Like, why would you put, like, look how, look how young these kids are. I mean, that girl looks like she's six. What is she doing there? Do six-year-olds need to be educated about gun ranges? It just seems a little premature to me. So the whole thing is weird, but then they're like, can you believe it? What? Yeah, I can believe. Who cares? What's the goddamn difference? What do you think it's going to do? Train them to just only see black guys? Like anyone pointing a gun at them. Stop trying to make an issue out of absolutely nothing. Oh, and it's got bullets in it. It's a target. Just stop. I mean, look, from the police department's perspective, what the hell are you doing? Why would you do this? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, the only actual defensible reason I would think is actually because you are racist. Because you'd have to be so oblivious to how poorly this would be received that you'd be like, fuck it, we're doing it anyway. Like, I don't think inherently it's racist. But if you're a police department that knows how, like, that Vice is going to write an article about it and people are going to be like, ah! Like, you'd have to be willing to forego all of that to make sure you still had black guys on your gun range. <laughs> so maybe Vice is right. Maybe they are racist. <laughs> yeah, they're probably just stupid. I, if, I were, if I were a police department, I would just be like, yeah, we're not putting any race. It's going to be a, just a target. It's just going to be a gun. It's a still target. It's not like it's at one of those ranges that you see like Keanu training on when he's doing the John Wick movies that like things pop up and you got to move. It's a, a, a stationary target. It could just be an outline of a of a humanoid figure. Like why they would pick this, I, I, I don't know. Like I don't think it's inherently racist, but I think it's stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? Did you notice that like – there's been this kind of thing, this narrative going on that cops are racist and they hate black people. You paying attention to that at all? So if you do this, they're going to draw a really blunt conclusion. And you basically gave, you, gave them the ammunition to do it. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> like, it's that simple. Like, I genuinely don't think it's racist, but I also think it's really stupid. Why would you make that choice? You're basically just like, uh, what can, can we draw up controversy for this to police de- for this police department? We need uh, we need some press, so we're just gonna we're gonna basically look like we have no social awareness whatsoever, and uh, we're gonna do the exact thing they claim we're doing, 
in our gun ranges. And then we're going to invite children to come look at it and take pictures of it. That's got to be the stupidest thing I could imagine. <laughs> I just like I don't know why you would why you'd make that choice. But uh not everyone's that bright. Not everyone's as smart as me and Luke. Not everyone. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Emperor Podcast number seven. Thank you very much. Thank you for bearing with me. I hope it was enjoyable. I hope it wasn't tedious or boring or annoying. I hope you liked it. If you did, go ahead, press like. It's okay. Just press that like button down there. Click it. Click it. If you're unsubscribed to this show, uh, this channel, I mean, please subscribe. Also, this is a like a true blue real world podcast and it is on spotify itunes google podcasts all the places you get podcasts if you could if you could find it in your heart do me a favor and go to one of those podcast sites and just give me a review give me a little five-star review to help boost it in the numbers so that more people can see it see the madness that is foul ball productions and this wild show that i do with my brilliant insight and wonderful opinions uh, I'd really appreciate it. I really, really would. So thank you very much for watching this show. Uh, make sure you come back on Friday for the MF for Cocktail Lounge. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Let your girlfriend know all about it. Uh, I appreciate you guys watching, and you all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Toodaloo.